All right, good. Listen, sometimes in your Christian walk with the Lord, things just go right. Sometimes, not very often, but sometimes. You'll be humming right along. Things are falling into place. Everything is calm. No problems, no emergencies. Sometimes when you look in the Word, all kind of things jump out at you, and you get together with other people interested in the Word. You're like, oh, man, the Lord showed me this, the Lord showed me that, this and that. Some things just seem to go right. Sometimes in church, everybody loves each other. It's all calm and good. The pond water is nice and glassy. It seems like sometimes God answers all your prayers immediately. Things are just clicking along. But that's not very often, is it? Really, that's a fairy tale. That does not happen very often where everything just seems to go right. That is pretty rare. It's not always like that because at some point in your life, something's going to go wrong. There's going to be a problem. Something's going to manifest itself. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. It's not always going to be good. Life's not always going to be fun. There's going to be something go wrong. If it's not right now, it will in the near future. I'm sure everyone in here can attest to that. Life can get ugly sometimes, as a matter of fact. We have an enemy that constantly is throwing fiery darts at us, trying to pierce us and cause us injury. You know, sometimes this enemy comes and he tempts us. Sometimes the enemy comes and he tests us. Sometimes he causes doubt to come in us. Sometimes he tries our faith to see how strong it is. You know, storms come out of nowhere. Everything can be perfectly fine and out of nowhere a big giant storm comes in your life. I know that everyone has had those things. Problems just arise out of nowhere. A lot of times we can be blindsided by things we did not see coming. Things can blindside us that we did not expect there to be a problem in this area, and bam, you're blindsided. Everything was just perfect a minute ago. Can't we just rewind life a few minutes ago where everything was good? Now there's this big problem that I didn't even know would happen, and now it has happened. You get blindsided. That enemy, he's there just throwing darts at you. Life just gets difficult. We go through stuff. Much as I don't like to admit that, I cannot stand up here and try to be truthful in my preaching and tell you that everything will always be all right all of the time. It just doesn't work out that way. That's not reality. Reality is trouble happens. Problems happen. They occur. That's reality. You know, It amazes me how life goes from perfectly calm to a complete war zone in a matter of no time. Anyone ever had that happen? Just completely calm, everything's good, I'm happy, everyone's getting along, we all love each other, praise the Lord, God is good. Bam, it all goes haywire out of nowhere. You know, it, it's easy to serve the Lord and everything's going good, isn't it? Oh, it's easy to serve the Lord then. Oh, my wife are getting along great. My wife and I are getting along great. Praise the Lord, God is good. The kids are behaving they're, they're respectful. They're great. They don't talk back. Oh, life is good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, it's easy to serve them. When the, when the bills are paid, praise, praise the Lord, brother. Oh, my cars are running good. Hallelujah. We get a good health report. Amen, brother. Give me a hug. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Oh, it's good. It, it's good to serve the Lord when God does what we think He should do, right? 
when he does what we tell him to do, life is good. It's easy to serve the Lord then. You know, I think about the, the temperaments. If you were involved at all in our, the last six or seven weeks of our evening service, we did a temperament study. I'm going to be honest, I had a blast with that temperament study. I got a lot of comments and a lot of feedback of how much we enjoyed, how much people enjoyed the temperament study. I, I'll be honest with you, I, I looked forward each week to that class to come and and hearing from my group, learning from the sessions about our temperaments, the way we're made up, it was very enjoyable. I looked forward to it every week. To be honest with you, it was fun. Who would have thought studying about all this stuff could be fun? It was fun for me, and I had a lot of you tell me that it was fun. I almost got to the point, I almost had to tell a few groups, hey, calm down a little bit, settle down, you guys are having too good of a time. I don't know what you're doing. Are you talking about this stuff? Because you're having too good of a time. Those are the good days. That stuff is fun. It's fun to come together and do some of that stuff. I think of our fall festival. If you had a chance to be involved in that, last Sunday night we had our fall festival. We had good food. You know, I was bummed thinking that the weather was going to be against us and it ended up, the kids got to do lots of hay rides. We had rented that bounce house, which that stuff's kind of expensive. And I was thinking the kids wouldn't even get to be in a bounce house. That thing was jam-packed. There's kids flying all over the place in the bounce house. So the Lord even kind of kept the weather at bay with the, for us for a little while. That hay rides, kids were getting their faces painted. And then when it rained, people came in and ate. And it was just a very good, enjoyable time. It was fun for me. It was fun for all of us to go around and talk with people that you usually don't get to talk to that much. I saw lots of people fellowshipping and discussing things, sitting and eating together, almost like we're a New Testament church. It was fun. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed that time together. You know, those are the good times. You know, it's fun to serve the Lord then. Oh, we're having a fall festival tonight? I'm in. Count me in. I love it. That's a good time. You know, those aren't the very trying or difficult times. So it's easy to serve the Lord when all is well. But how about when things aren't going so well? When there ain't no fall festival scheduled? Or how about, what do you do when Christianity stops being fun? You know, there are no scriptures. Believe me, I look around in this book a lot. There are no scriptures that say, Become saved, and the rest of your life will be fun. There, it's not in there. I have looked around. It's not in there. does not say that. That is not reality. Jesus tells us plainly in John 16, that in the world ye shall have tribulation. This is really the stuff we don't necessarily like to hear about. But Jesus tells us plainly, ye shall have tribulation. Do you know what that means? He says, you're going to have problems. You are going to have distress in your life. You're going to have oppression in your life. You're going to have opposition. Things are going to go wrong in your life. You're going to have some suffering even in your life. You will. And you notice Jesus says, in the world ye shall have, meaning you will have. He doesn't say you probably will have tri tribulation. He doesn't say you might have. He doesn't say there's a possibility of. He says you will have. So it is in, inevitable that the rest of our Christian life is not going to be pure fun. 
It is inevitable by the words of Christ. He says, ye shall have. You will have tribulations. It's not fun all the time, 100% of the time. Jesus tells us that. Serving the Lord isn't always fun. It's not. So I wonder, what, what is it that you and I do when it ceases to be fun? Have any of you ever been in the midst of a storm in your life? Oh, man, it, it stinks, doesn't it? How about when the seas of your Christian life are just raging and you swear if you get hit with one more wave, it's going to be the end of you? You ever been there before? About all of us have. What do you do then? Because it's not so fun then, is it? It's a little more difficult to come into church and throw your hands up and praise the Lord and oh, everything is good, give me a hug, brother. It's more difficult when there's a wave getting ready to blast you and sink all that you've ever known. What about your, when you're in a situation, a situation that you swear, you swear is not going to end well? I, I have actually said those words to myself being in certain situations, I have said to myself, I know that this situation is not going to end well. You ever been in a situation like that? You, you can see no good outcome in what you're involved in. There is no good's going to come from this, God. I have. I have looked at the Lord and I said, Lord, I don't know. You, you, must, you have no part in this, I guess, God, because there's no way that this situation is going to end well. When you're in a situation like that, Christianity's not very fun. It isn't. In this world, ye shall have tribulation. Man, I've been there before. I know many of you have been there before. Where you swore, swore that no good is going to come from this. There's no possibility of this ending well, God. Well, how about, have any of you had a big giant staring down at you? Big giant looking you down, getting ready to destroy you, getting ready to ruin you. This big giant standing in your path, looking in your face saying, what are you going to do? I'm big, you're small, you have no power, I have all the power. It's, it's a little more difficult. To, Amen, hallelujah, brother, it's all good, praise the Lord. A little more difficult then. Or what do you do when... You're walking through a desert place in your spiritual life where it seems like God is a million billion miles away. Seems like your prayers can't even penetrate the, the ceiling in your house, let alone penetrate clear up to heaven. Seems like you cannot hear God's voice. You're walking through a desert where it's all dry. No friends around. It's just you. I know that many of us have been in a place like that as well. It's a desert Nothing you do seems to make a difference. The Bible's just a bunch of words. It's not, there's, nothing's jumping out at you. I know many of you have been in situations like that. I've been in situations like that. It's not so easy to come to church and worship and be happy then. Because Christianity is not always fun. What about when you have bombs going off in your life? You know, sometimes I pray and I try to tell the Lord, Lord, one bomb is okay every now and again. Lord, all right, a couple bombs every now and again. 
But, but let's cease and desist with the bombs, Lord. Just a couple here and there. Something I can manage. I, I tell them that. But, but it doesn't seem to work. He doesn't seem to march to the beat of my drum. How about when you just got bombs going off all the time? Lord, enough with the bombs. I don't want any more bombs in my life. Let, let it go back to being all calm again, Lord. Not fun when bombs are going off left and right. But it's, it happens, doesn't it? I, I can't stand here and tell you you'll never have any bombs go off. Everything will always be good. I can't tell you that. That is not reality. What about when the enemy rises up against you and starts speaking things to you? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to come get your kids. I'm going to ruin your marriage. I'm going to ruin your family. I'm going to ruin you financially. I'm going to embarrass you. You're the worst one in that church. If those other people knew what you were into, they would shun you and want rid of you. Well, he comes and he speaks doubt to you. He comes and he says, hey, Christianity is too hard. It's too difficult. He comes and he speaks uncertainty to you. He, he sows that junk in us. He comes and he speaks confusion. Well, it's not so easy to serve the Lord then, is it? Christianity ceases to be fun when those days come around. When bombs are going off left and right, it's not so fun anymore. But, but going through all that, the bombs, the, the deserts, the seas raging, waves getting ready to blast you, giants staring down at you. It tends to bring a man or woman of God to a crossroads, to a fork in the road. Okay? Here you are. All this junk's going off and there is a decision to be made in your life. Am I going to continue in this or forget it? That's too difficult. Forget it. Am I going to continue in this serving the Lord no matter what comes or I'm out? These are your two choices. Which way are you going to go? Should I stay the course and do things God's way or forget that I'm doing things my way? Should I fight the good fight and keep fighting even though all these bombs are going off? Or should I turn my weapons in? I'm done with this. I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for everything to be good and blessed and holy and everything was going to be good. I did not sign up for all this stuff that's going on. If we come to this crossroads and here it is. Is Christianity worth it? Is it worth it? All this trouble that I'm going through. Brothers and sisters, countless people have come to that crossroads and said, it is too much. I'm out of here. Countless people through the ages, millions and millions and millions, have come to that crossroads and said, yes, I didn't sign up for this. Forget it. It was okay when it was all fall festivals. But when them ended and problems come up, eh, eh, count me out. I'm not involved in any more of it. Scores of people have came to that point and bailed out on God. They quit, threw in their weapons, turned them in. You know, Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, 13, says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. What are you going to do when you're at that crossroads? Every one of us, you're going to come to another one. 
is too difficult, or God, I'm going to keep going with you. Lord, I'm going to trust you. What are you going to do, church, when it ceases to be fun? We can't afford to have fall festivals every Sunday night. We can't. It's expensive. I can't do it every week. You know, there's something that we can do that will help us in these situations. And I encourage you, if you haven't done something like this in your own little way, I want to encourage you to do this. Grab your Bible. And like I said, you don't have to do it like I'm saying, but grab your Bible. When you're going through all this junk and all the problems and bombs going off in the desert, so on and so forth, when you're going through it, grab your Bible. Throw it down on your desk in front of you. Flip it open. Maybe open to your life verse or wherever, the Proverbs of the day. Or no particular page at all. You can even leave it closed. Grab your Bible. Slap it down in front of you. And ask yourself a couple questions. The first one that you have to ask yourself is, Is this the truth? Is this book from the beginning cover to the end cover, the truth. Is it? When you're standing there at that crossroads, going to make your decision, slap this Bible down in front of you, look at it and ask yourself, is it true? Is this book the Word of God or is it not? And it is a yes or no question. That's what it is. Don't come to me and say, well, Jason, I do believe it has some truths in it, but I don't believe Genesis. Or, well, Jason, I just don't believe that in the holy conception. I don't believe in that. Or I don't believe that Jesus raised from... It's either true or it is not true. It's really it's a yes or no question that you must ask yourself when you're standing at the crossroads. Is this book from God or not? That's what you have to ask yourself. That's questions that you must face, is it the inspired Word of God? Is this book what it claims to be? Because if you haven't studied it much, I'll tell you right now, this book makes some fantastic claims. Completely fantastic claims. Number one, it claims to be the oracles of God. It claims, this book claims that it is words from God. Do you believe that or not when you're standing at the fork in the road? When things are getting too tough, ask yourself, is that what this is? This, this book makes the fantastic claim that it knows and tells us about the origins of the universe, the world, everything that we see, all this materialism around us. It claims to tell us how we all got here, where we all came from, and who did it all. That's, that's a fantastic claim. Do you believe it? This book claims to tell us about the character and nature of God. This, this book goes on to tell us about a man who came and was sinless, crucified, and offers to us salvation of our souls so that we can go to heaven. That's what this book claims. Do you believe that or not? Yes or no? 
then this book finishes up by saying that that man I just told you about is going to return and gather all of his people and take them to this place called heaven. These are fantastic claims. Do you believe them or not? That's what it comes down to. Yes or no. Are those claims true? Are they truly from God? This divine being that this book tells us about. Is this book truly written by holy men of God when they were moved by the Holy Spirit? That, that's what it claims. Yes or no. One way or the other. You must first ask yourself that. Is it what it claims to be? Is it God's inspired word or not? You must confront yourself with that question. First and foremost, confront yourself with it. If your answer is no, you made your choice. That's your choice. But if your answer is, yes, this is the inspired Word of God, then you've got to move on to the next question. Will you follow it? Will you submit to it? Because there are people out here that they do in this world that do believe the Bible. They know there's a God. They know there's a heaven and a hell. But they just are in a state of rebellion. I'm not doing it. I'm doing things my way. It is entirely possible to believe in the Bible, but not be on your way into heaven. Will you follow it? That's question number two. Will you submit to the authority of the Word of God? That's the follow-up question to once you have decided, yes, it is true. Yes, this thing does speak the truth. I believe it from cover to cover. Once you get past that part, if your answer is yes, if it's no, forget about the second question. But if it's yes, will you submit to its authority? Will you apply it to all the aspects in your life? Will it be the very fabric of your existence? Now, if you can get through those two questions, you know, that that this is God's holy word, and you believe it. This is God's word, and I believe it. Then, brothers and sisters, you're getting somewhere. Okay? You're getting somewhere. The book of Romans tells us to confess with the mouth and believe in the heart that God hath raised Christ from the dead and you shall be saved. Listen to me. Once you say, this is the word of God, this is true, and I believe it, then you're getting somewhere. Okay? Once something happens, once you draw the line in the sand... Something happens when when you make your claim, this is it. Something happens to a a person when they say, this is the word of God, I choose to believe it. Something happens inside of a person when they make those claims. You see, listen, listen. Something happens when you decide that his word is true and you believe it. When you fully embrace this book, it's like a switch goes off inside of you. 
Something happens inside of the person. It's hard for me to describe, but once you have faced those difficult decisions, once you have addressed those fantastic claims of the Bible, and you decide that they are true, and you decide I'll submit to the authority of God's Word, that I will put its law above the law of myself, a switch goes off. Something happens that the devil has a very hard time dealing with. Okay? L listen to me now. Once you go through those two questions and you answer yes to both of them, it's the Word of God and I'll submit to it and I'll believe it. You become, hear me now, you become immovable. Listen now, Psalms 16.8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. That, that's what happens when you say, is this book true? I believe it is. Will you submit to it? Yes. Then you become immovable. You cannot be moved off of the claim that you have made. Satan cannot come and just say, here, let me knock you right off of that foundation. He cannot. He does not have the ability, the power, nor the authority to move you off of the claims that you have just made. He does not. Listen, nothing can move you. I shall not be moved. Nothing can push you off of that decision. No power can remove you from your beliefs. Nothing, no entity can knock you off of the stand that you make. Cannot. The enemy cannot come. He is not powerful enough to come and remove you from this. Furthermore, the Bible says in Psalms 62, verse 6, He said, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Brothers and sisters, I wish so bad that that was the church's attitude. When bombs goes off, when you're in the desert, when all these giants are staring at you, I will not be moved. That, this is the claim that I believe in. This is the stand that I make. I refuse to be moved. Move along, enemy. I have made my choice. When the Bible says, I shall not be moved, you know what it means? It means that the devil can throw all his fiery darts. He can come up and try to hit you with a ball bat or throw whatever temptations he has, whatever devices that he might have, whatever temptations that he may have. He can throw all of hell at you, all of his bag of tricks at you, and when the dust settles, you will still be standing there on your claim that this is the Word of God, and it is true, and I believe it. You will still be standing in the very same place. When the Bible says, I shall not be moved, it's saying that winds and storms can come and rage against you, but you won't be moved one inch. Not one inch. They won't budge you, they can't. You can face disease, heartache, sickness, even death. But it will not remove you. You can face any of that if you don't yield to the claim that you made that this is the Word of God and I believe it. Well, you can face all that stuff. 
That's a hidden truth in this word that the enemy does not want his people to know. He does not. I, I talk with people in my office and it, I know that the enemy is trying to deceive them. And he says, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to steal from you. Brothers and sisters, we have to realize he is my defense. He is my rock. I have set him at my right hand. Therefore, I shall not be moved. Throw it all at me, devil. I am not moving. This is what I believe. I've already asked myself these questions. I have visited them in sincerity. And that's what I believe. Now listen to me. It's not going to stop. If, if you say, yes, this is the word of God and I believe it, it's not going to stop the enemy from trying. Uh-uh. He, he might even step up his game against you. That's why a lot of people quit. He's going to step up his game. He's going to try all kinds of tactics against you. He's going to exploit you for weaknesses. He will. That's why a lot of people quit. That's why this is the call to straight and narrow. Because there's not that many few find it. Oh, he'll try fear. He'll try scaremongering. He'll try anxiety, depression, whatever he can throw at you. He's going to try all of his bag of tricks he's going to try. Oh, he'll, he's going to send tribulation your way. Jesus plainly told us that. In this life ye shall have tribulation. You will. It's just, what, do you believe it or not? Do you believe in this or not? But listen, through it all, the man or woman of God will not be moved. Through it all. Not one inch. You will still be standing there. Even after the dreaded C word, cancer. I, I hate that. You see, all these people has got to deal with cancer. I wonder someday me or maybe my wife or my mom and dad or that dreaded C word. Guess what? Even after they do come and say it's the dreaded C word, guess what? I shall not be moved. Even against that dreaded C word. Guess what? You can even stand and be unmoved even when you're buried, burying a loved one. You get that? Even death itself cannot harm you. You'll still be standing there saying, His word is true and I believe it. Listen, even... even through a broken heart when your heart is in one million little pieces and you swear it can never be put back together again nothing will ever be right I'll never be happy again nothing will ever make sense to me again I will not be moved why? because his word is true and I submit to its authority oh, I just bet the enemy hates it when the people of God are fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded of the promises of God? Do you believe? L listen to me now. Do you believe someday if you hold on to this that we'll all be together in heaven someday? Are you fully persuaded of that? I am. I don't have much faith at all in this world, in our economy system. I got very little faith. Every day I wake up and I'm like, is everything still there? Do I still have a bank account? Do we still have freedom? I didn't have much faith in this world. I don't have much faith at all, if any, in mankind. 
in their rule, in their decisions, in their logical thinking. No way. This is what I believe. Ephesians 4 verse 14 says, listen, this is how awesome this is. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Bible says, hey, don't be children anymore. Make a decision. Stand up on this doctrine found in the word of God and don't be tossed back and forth anymore. Stop that. No more. I'm going to serve them today. No, I'm not going to today. I'm in. I'm out. I'm committed. I'm not committed. Quit being children. That Bible says that's children do that stuff. You know what a man or a woman of God does? A man or a woman of God says, this is the word of God. I submit to it. I'm done. I've already thought of that. I've already been there and done that. That's my choice. I'm sticking to it. Oh, the devil loves it when we're blown all around. Blown over to the left. Blown over to the right. Blown forward. Blown backward. I believe this. I don't believe that. God's powerful. He's not powerful enough. Where is Lord? Well, he loves it when he can blow us all over the place. Today you believe. Tomorrow you don't. With God all things are possible. Nothing's possible. Everything's bad. No, he loves it when we're in, when we're out. But I believe the enemy fears, fears the man or woman of God that refuses to be moved, that refuses to come off of this, that refuses to come off of the claim that you have made, this is the word of God and I believe it. Well, the enemy don't like that at all. He don't like that at all because he can't deal with it. He can't move you off of it. I love this, and I've been trying to tell a few people this scripture lately, so if you've heard me say it, I'm going to say it again. Psalms, verse 42 says, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. That's what this thing is to me. He pulls us up out of a mess, and he put my feet upon a rock. He took me up out of miry clay, and now... Brothers and sisters, because I've said, what are you going to believe, Jason? Okay, I believe that this is truth. These are the oracles of God, and I submit to them. Now, you know what that gives me? It gives me a foundation. It it gives me something solid to base the rest of my life on. It gives me a foundation that I can stand on that doesn't shift because it is what it is. It does not change. I've been reading this same Bible for a long time, and there is nothing new in it. It, is to change. it has not changed. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't shift. He's not this way that one day and that way another day. It is what it is. I have a foundation. I know where I stand. Amen. And I refuse to be moved. I do. That's my attitude. If any of you are wondering, I refuse to be moved. I refuse. I'm sorry. I, I know what I believe, and I know why I believe it, and that's done for me. I've already drawn the line. There's no need for me to revisit it and say, let me reconsider. I've already done that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen, amen. amen. I am not leaving my foundation. I'm not leaving it. You know what my foundation is? My foundation is that Jesus saved me. Okay, it's that simple. Jesus saved me. I will not be moved. 
I'm sorry, I will not be moved. I, I hope that my attitude can spread to some of you. You will not be moved. I know. I know. I hear these things as pastor of this church. I hear the problems that you're going through. I talk with many of you. I know bombs go off left and right. I know we face uncertainty. But I hope you can say, you know what, you're right. I refuse to be moved. This is what I believe. It's that simple. I will not yield. I will not yield. Even to the point of death. We live in a fallen world. There's, there's nothing stopping this world from tomorrow I get a bad disease and they give me six months. It could be in me right now as I preach. It could be. As much as I hate that, it, there could be something wrong with you. Something fatal inside of you right now that you don't know they haven't discovered yet. I, I hate to even tell you that, but it could be true. There's a possibility. This is a fallen world. So if they do, tomorrow, if you go to the doctor and they say, you got six months, I'm sorry. And what? Okay, I will not be moved. Not the greatest move. That's not very fun for me, but I will not be moved. I will not yield. God's word is true, and I believe it. Now listen. Psalms the 112th chapter, verse 7. Now, before I read this, because I don't want to read the whole chapter, th this is actually referring to the man or the woman that fears the Lord. Okay, what, what we're going to read is referring to a person that believes this word is true and applies it to their life. Listen, Psalms 112, verse 7 says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Listen, his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Two, two key phrases jump out at me, one in each of those verses. In the middle of verse 7, it says, his heart is fixed. Is that you this morning? It's fixed. It's a done deal. It's not open for decision anymore in my life. I have already faced this and made that choice. It's fixed. It's fixed. It's done. Listen to the next one. Jump out at me. It says, His heart is established. Is your heart established this morning? Established on the foundational word of God. I believe this. It is true. And I will apply it. Oh, I love that. I wish all the people of God's hearts were fixed. It's fixed. This is how it is for me. This is what I believe. We have too many of us that are wishy-washy. We haven't, we haven't 100% made up our mind yet. I'm just looking for some people this morning whose hearts are fixed. Your heart is established. Brothers and sisters, make up your mind. Get, get alone with God. If you're in that place, you're standing at a crossroads, put the Bible right there in front of you and ask yourself, is this what it claims to be? Is it yes or no? If I can have the band make their way back, I'll bring this to a close. 
Decide if it's true or not. Decide if your heart is fixed or not. Because listen, it, it is Christ for me and my family. You know what I tell my sons? We have our little Bible studies or if they get in trouble, I tell them, hey, this is how it's going to be in this household. It's not open for discussion. I mean, I listen to my boys and what they have to say, but it's, this is how it is in our household. If you move out, you can decide what you want to do, what you want to believe. Maybe you'll say, I don't believe this. I hope not. I pray not. But that will be your choice. But for this household, the one that my wife and I run, this is the law of the land. That's how it is. It's established. Not open for discussion. My heart is fixed. I close the door on that whole area because that's a decision I have made. Listen, I believe, listen, I, I believe this, and I pray that you do too. I believe that holy men of God wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That, that's how I believe we got the Bible. That's how the Bible says we got the Bible. That holy men were moved as the Holy Spirit overcame them and they wrote in pen. That is what I believe. Psalms 125 verse 1. Listen to this. This is how powerful it is to believe in this thing. It says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. You understand that? When you say, this is the word of God, and I believe it, then you become like Mount Zion. You cannot be removed. So that means when the enemy comes to you, he sees a giant mountain in front of him. See, we always look at this big giant devil looking down at little us. The Bible says it's the opposite of that. If this is your foundation, if you believe it, he looks up at a mountain that abides forever and cannot be removed. That is what the Word of God says. The devil has to look up at you. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe it? Isn't it awesome that the devil can't just come and remove us off of that? I love it. Listen, church, if you are going through something, many of us are. I know it. I heard more problems this morning talking with people. I know you're going through stuff. It happens. That's life. That's reality. But hold on to the claim that you have made. Hold on to the claim. Stay established to the decision you've already made. Refuse anything else. Refuse to yield to the enemy, brothers and sisters. Refuse to be blown all over the place. In today, out tomorrow, refuse that. This is your claim. Listen, when the devil comes to you and says he's going to kill you, look him in the eye and tell him, I shall not be moved. If we can dim these lights just a bit, I want to open up our altars like we always do.